I would like to begin the episode by thanking some of our patrons like Spoon, Ghostlight Media, Joe Crowell, Ben Quinn, and Joseph A. Rogers. All of these are people who, uh, at some point in the past, went to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kicked us some money. Uh, you can do that, too, and get a lot of extra content and also help us make these shows. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, and now we're going to go into the episode, but you're not going to hear the regular music. You're going to hear a special Save Room remix of the WAF theme done by your friend and ours, Banshee Beat. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Resident Evil 3, specifically the remake, uh, which is a survival horror game developed and published by Capcom for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep calling it 3Make. 3Make is easier for, to say. For propane maniacs reasons. Yes. Uh, and this episode is our premium episode for the month. Yeah. Uh, nobody, uh, executive produced this one. This is, this is just us. We did. Yeah. We decided, Hey, we did that last year. We have a premium episode about the two make. Why don't we do this one? Yeah. We knew we were both going to play it Mm -hmm. and, uh, and want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not on the level, so I got to have an opportunity to talk about it as well. (laughs) I mean, you know, so, uh, yeah. yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big game and, uh, we both love this series and, and stuff. So we wanted an opportunity. Yeah. And also uh, it's an so. interesting product that spawned some kind of irritating, uh, discourse and I don't oh, know, yeah. it'd be fun to get our piece set on this. Cause I think we're more positive about this than gen pop, right? Yeah. We're We're going to correct the course a little bit. You know? <laughs> so if you're one of those people who gets like annoyed when we talk about the reception of games mm-hmm. uh we'll probably we'll talk about that a little bit it's not gonna be a non-stop no, flood of that, no but it's hard to separate like that is almost the story for this game mm-hmm. you know in terms of uh the kind of journalism and the the discourse in the public consciousness like the story of this game is the disappointing follow-up yeah and, and it is hilarious yeah. to me that it, it also falls into that role when the original three did as well yeah yeah even though part of the reason why I think this is the disappointing follow-up is that, like, this is probably not as good as the original three either. Right. It's like, this is a weird, like, 
video games cannot contend with something being not as good as something else, mm-hmm. but also good. Right. Uh, you know, and that's kind of, I think that if you, uh, you're just getting first principles out there, we're going to get into it. Like, <clears throat> but like, if you approach this it on its own terms, it's good. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, is it great? Is it phenomenal? Is it life-changing? No. Mm-hmm. Is you it know, in the same it, league it as the RE2 remake? No. No, it's not. No, no that, was, that was the best game that came out. <laughs> That'd be year. a crazy thing to say. Yeah, like, of course, it doesn't, you know, you can't just keep going up. Right. You know, that's how that's how people divorce because they've already got married and they don't know what else to do. <laughs> you, know, you can't just keep escalating. Right. You know, you, you have to have, like, an ebb and flow yeah. uh, to things. Like, once you've stood up, you can't stand up again. Mm-hmm. You got to sit down. Yeah. You know? I mean, you can jump. Yeah. No, you can, you, you can hop on to the... To... To, to the strut of a helicopter there are a lot of things you can climb right this metaphor right. is working <laughs> but the... <laughs> see that's you the know, thing point... you never abandon a metaphor yeah why why would you ever abandon a metaphor um so anyway so we're, we're going to talk about it and there are things that uh are wanting yep. in this so don't think this is going to be what the thing i want to be careful about is that uh we're not like something i really dislike in video games criticism and something i uh try to avoid is the like be nice to games and yeah i'm not doing that with this no it's just also like it's a pretty fun roller coasters guys mm-hmm. like you know and and it's 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 not uh there's just not been a right-sized response to it i feel it, like especially on youtube yeah. like youtube is a cottage industry now of like what went wrong <laughs> how not to do a remake how capcom betrayed us like right it's it's pretty out there yeah it's it, you know so this is not going to be like a full-on rehabilitation or whatever um and uh you know I, I'll, I'll cop to you there's some stuff they cut out of this that i really was hoping to see uh you know oh, totally like, this is not this is not necessarily as much of a remake as RE2 make is. But once my expectations yeah. were kind of right-sized and adjusted, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just a really fun action game. C- cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, you can you can do a lot worse in life than playing a, a B action game. Hmm. You know? And then part of it, too, like, part of the response to this and part of our specific uh, perspective on this, which we're not telling anyone they need to share, is our general approach of rejecting the dollars per hour ratio. Yes. Um, you know, so for me spending the money on this and getting the experience I got out of it, which was playing it twice mm-hmm. and having a lot of fun both times. Yeah. Um, and getting a multiplayer game. That's really interesting. That I'm never going to play, um, <laughs> is good. Like mm-hmm. I feel good about that, but we're not here to tell you what 60 bucks means to you. No. Um, no. you know, but I will say that like, if you listen to this episode and we sell you on it and you wait for a sale, you will like, you can, if you go into this with the right expectations and treat it as it is, you can have a really good time for like six hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, nothing can take that away. Fun is real. Yep. Fun you know? is real. Yeah. yeah. So let's jump into it. You know, like we said, this is a remake of the 1999, um, a resident evil game nemesis. And it's you know, pretty much a retelling of that story. A lot of the components mm-hmm. are here in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Jill Valentine. She's back here. Uh, she uh, is you know, a, a couple of months off of the Arclay Mansion incident and uh, has been caught up in the Raccoon City outbreak. And she's running from a specially designed bioweapon uh, and working with and kind of against the UBCS, which is Umbrella's special forces ostensibly sent here to rescue civilians. Yes, <clears throat> but in secret combat data oh, combat data so sweet <laughs> oh that's God, the sweetest plum gary <laughs> you've ever seen two guys get into a fight on the street you just got a big present from the universe and you don't even know it yeah like, <laughs> all, all you need is a buyer 
Yeah, it's, it's a seller's market when it yeah. comes to combat data. <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to bars and, uh, start tapping people on the shoulder and, uh, and being like, chicken, uh, under my breath and stuff until I get some combat data and then I'm going to go to retire on it. Um, the, uh, so the basics of this are pretty similar. There are very important differences, which we're going to go into, Yeah, yeah. but it's not that dissimilar to the Resident Evil 2 remake, which we've done. So mm-hmm. we're not going to spend too much time going over that stuff. Yes. Um, and by what we mean, you know, is the, uh, uh, instead of having the Resident Evil 3, uh, fixed camera angles, the cinematic camera angles and tank controls, <clears throat> we have this, uh, fluid over the shoulder, third person mechanics. Um, you're still mostly exploring spaces, but it controls much more like a conventional, uh, slow paced action game. Yes. Almost. Even though it's much more action focused than the Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. Mirroring kind of the jump between the originals, you know, uh, RE3 mm-hmm. was, you know, more action based. It had additional, you know, uh, things that you could do. Jill had, uh, kind of worked on her skills in between there. Um, that is reflected here primarily because, you know, compared to the original, you know, compared to RE2, you know, the one that came out before this, you are not playing as rookies, right? You're not a rookie cop. You're not a college student who got some marksman training from Chris Redfield. You are, you know, a veteran Jill stars agent who is, you know, this isn't her first rodeo with zombies. And you have Carlos who is, you know, combat hardened. He's a mercenary, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> big, big, uh, big Carlos energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this kind of, you know, this was similar to the Resident Evil three original, um, where it's a little bit more action focused, uh, and they, uh, introduced a Dodge mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, through that, that is good, but kind of fiddly took a long time to get used to. Um, the Dodge mechanic that they've added to the Resident Evil three remake is much more intuitive in line with video games mm-hmm. and how they play now. Um, it is not as based on, you know, just doing the move is not uh, up for grabs like you can always dodge yeah whereas in three it's like you might just aim and get hit yeah and the, um, like here, in the original there was no like dedicated dodge button it just re- required yeah. you to hit your fire button at the right time to uh to yeah. get out of the way um so now you uh you have a dodge button mm-hmm. and it introduces this perfect dodge system that's pretty interesting yeah. um where if you get the dodge perfectly if you time it perfectly um, time will slow down. And then if you immediately aim, you will lock on to the weak point of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So whatever the uh, weak point of that enemy is, you can get in some shots during your bullet time. And this is a good way, not only to get an extra damage, but to find out what the weak point of a specific enemy is. Yes, It's usually the head. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some of these nemesis fights where like anatomy, you know, goes out the window, mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of see like, oh, this is where I should be shooting. Yeah. Like, is it the dingus that is covering his heart? Is it his head? Is it this pustule, et cetera, and down yeah. the line? Which pustule? He... <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So many pustules uh, to choose from. Everybody yeah. plays this party pustule. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> like, um, oh, so, man. Yeah. Uh, I got party we, pustules we once. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I should, I'll never go back to that birthday party. Um, I'll, it's still going I'll on. I'll never go back to that birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The eternal it's birthday endless. party at was, the center of the universe. I was talking about the band. Okay. Um, oh. the, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, we, we talked a lot about how, how good a perfect dodge feels. Oh yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's a mechanic we both really like. I, I prefer it to parrying. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the feeling of a perfect dodge. Yeah. And it works here too. Um, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, there are big boss fights that you have with Nemesis where he is really fast and he comes at you and you don't have much of an option but to use one of these dodges to get out of the way. Yeah. 
Uh, Carlos does not get a dodge. Carlos gets a punch, uh, which the idea is it's more a more aggressive version of it. Um, this pushes things back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting because instead of dodging away, you want to dodge towards. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to get used to, and I never got good at punching. No. Um, I tried, but there's like videos of, of Carlos just like literally punching hunters to death. And I, I never got to that point. No, if that happened, um, it was by accident. Uh-oh. Yeah. I accidentally punched some hunters. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. Dick Cheney, <laughs> but did I say punch? I mean, shoot um, and make yeah, apologize. I meant shoot and make yeah. apologize. <laughs> yeah. The, um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, remember when that guy that we trusted with the country shot his best friend in the face? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So uh, it's good that you have this dodge here uh, because it's replacing a system that was present in RE2. So remember in the RE2 remake, uh, you had uh, you had knives and you had flash grenades. Uh, basically, you, uh, these defense weapons that were carried forward from the RE1 remake, this is getting very confusing. In that game, knives yeah. had durability. They were disposable. Um, and if a zombie attacked you... While you have one of them in your inventory, you could deploy that to get out of the grab, right? Yeah. Here, your combat knife is an equipable weapon with infinite durability, so you can use it all the time. You know, you're never left without an attack, but this gets rid of the save. It gets rid of the melee save. Yeah. Yep. Um, And consequently, you know, so you have, you can do some Resident Evil 4 style, you know, shoot a zombie in the legs and stab him. Mm -hmm. And if you get grabbed, you're grabbed. Uh, instead of having a defensive item, you tap a tap a tap a mm-hmm. to um, get out a little bit quicker. My pro tip on this uh, is to go into the options. You can change any, all of the tap a tap a prompts to hold a hold a hold a. Um, yeah. And that is much, much better. It is Every much, much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tap a tap a tap a sucks. Yeah. Um, um, and it's, you know, so you will think, okay, so why am I tapping this or why am I holding it? I filled up the meter. But I still took damage. I still got bit. What you're trying to do is not get bit worse. Yeah. So success still looks like failure. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, degrees of failure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's basically the rank and file uh, zombies. Like there are new enemies and such that require different tactics. We're going to talk about that mm-hmm. uh, as we get into it. But let's talk about the big uh, kind of headline. Yeah. Um. Here it's in the title. <laughs> uh, Nemesis. No, it's not. It's not, but it was. Yeah, at one the point. Original version is. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the nemesis. Yeah. Um, so what's really it's very interesting. So like Resident Evil Two original, Mister mm-hmm. X was barely a thing. Right. He was present Evil in 3 original, the D playthrough. Yeah. Yeah, just present, but not a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, Resident Evil Three original, nemesis, nemesis, huge deal, mm-hmm. driver of the story, uh, and driver of the mechanics. Yeah. Resident Evil Two remake. Mr. X has a bigger presence than any pursuing force has in the whole series. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. X defines that game. Yeah. Um, and then now in Resident Evil 3 remake, they've dialed it way back. Mm-hmm. Um, Nemesis, instead of being this kind of uh, emergent gameplay simulationist stalker, he is a set piece and boss fight uh, character yeah. um, here. And there's a lot of kind of um, supposition. There's a really good thread from... Uh, at Jolly Rogers 99, who is one of the people working on Gloomwood, uh, Gloomworld, which is one of the games I most anticipate. Uh, on, the uh, Dust the, the Team. Yeah. Yeah, Dust Team. Uh, talking about how it's possible that this came out in response to the early response to Mr. X. Yeah. And I had forgotten about that. I went and looked up 
a bunch of, you know, because we, we played Resident Evil 2 Remake and we're on the right side of history by immediately being like <laughs> fucking Mr. X rules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you look at articles and such at the time, the initial reaction to Mr. X was like, this ruins the game. Yeah. It is too stressful. I want to walk around and solve puzzles. I don't want this. And there's a, a some suspicion that like some of this stuff was changed because early on in discussions of the Resident Evil 3 remake, there were things that they said that Nemesis would be able to do that Nemesis cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like it has been dialed back a little bit as a response to the early response to the genius of the last entry. Yeah. A little bit, which is really interesting to see. Like there's a whole lot of discourse around this about like how much dev should listen to design feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just I, been interesting to see. Yeah. So it's, it's mildly disappointing, right? You know, and I think that there's something where you really couldn't have nemesis act as Mr. X in these spaces, you know? So like in, oh, the, yeah. in the original, you know, you are going around raccoon city, but really it's just kind of a, a, a mansion with wider hallways, you know, like yeah. it's still a puzzle box space. Um, and having Nemesis kind of pop up while you are moving and trying to get the item that you need to push a little bit further in this direction and crossing that space instead of having having him pop up and be an inconvenience, that's not really gonna gonna happen here. There are kind of like three m- main areas, but they're relatively small, and they are kind of focused on these more set piece, you know, kind of um, runs that you end up doing, right? Yeah. Which ends up turning Mr. X into um, a kind of a cinematic Ends up turning, turning Mr. X or Nemesis. Or uh, Nemesis, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Mr. X was a, a simulationist experience. This mm-hmm. is very cinematic. Yeah. M- uh, and Mr. that kind of goes X for was, most of the game. <laughs> yeah. Mr. X was in the space. Nemesis is here after you have picked something up and he is going to chase you back to where you're going to use it. Yeah. Give you, give you a little uh, set piece thing. Yeah. Um, to kind of balance this a little bit, uh, Nemesis has more moves. Um, he's much more mobile. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uses tentacles to kind of zip around. He's got real big venom energy. Yeah. And eventually <laughs> just turns into venom. Right. Um, you know, can can zip around, can pull you towards him with tentacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can use uh, a six series of weapons. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he does a thing in this that is not in the original version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 99% sure you played the original version recently, which I yeah, like. yeah, I, pl- I played it in the run up to this episode. This, this is not present. Um, he makes the regular zombies in the area more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives them a parasite. So they have these tentacle faces that lash at you and, uh, they have this like little, little, uh, mad ball instead of a face <laughs> that opens up to show their, their weak spot. Yeah. They've got their eye and they're like these little, uh, mandibles that close over it. And so you have to, yeah. you know, do a little bit of uh, fancy shooting to uh, mm-hmm. get the eye exposed so you can deal with it. This kind of, yeah. you know, backports the, 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 you know, the experience of shooting Plagas into, into yeah. RE3. Yeah. They act a lot like Plagas with the, um, the tentacles coming out and kind of whipping you. Yeah. Uh, there. Um, these uh, show up um, a lot in like standard and easy mode mm-hmm. in uh, Nightmare and Inferno, which I poked around at. I didn't get through a whole playthrough because it's. That's hard. Moving hard. <laughs> yeah. um, they're huge. Mm-hmm. Like these things are everywhere. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because it kind of plays into the narrative. The idea of Mr. X strengthening this army. Of you know, ne- of it kind of implies strengthening like, this army. Nemesis, damn it. Yeah. It, no, it says, it's going to happen more than once. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. Especially now that I've drawn attention to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> my brain is going to be diseased. <laughs> well, um, once, once we're out of the generalities and we're stopping the comparison, it'll be fine. I will know what you're I talking so. about. I just want to be sure. Yeah. 
no, no, it's a, a so Nemesis going every time he's not on screen pursuing you. Mm-hmm. It, it gives context to the times he's like gives up. Yeah, you know, yeah. because he's going and he's like, well, let me make these zombies worse because I am all consuming in my goal, and this will mm-hmm. also fuck up. Yeah. Kill. Um. So these are neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool new enemy and the idea of nemesis infecting these things is, was a genuine fun surprise yeah uh the first time one of these pops up it is a it is a real delight um and yeah. i don't know i dig it that this emphasizes the fact that nemesis is a parasite you know like yeah. as somebody who you know like a listener several years back like sent me that you know umbrella history guide or whatever it is it's like a strategy guide mm-hmm. with all the lore and stuff like i don't know i'm way into the mechanics of these monsters like i'm invested in the difference between like the t and the c virus and the g virus and stuff yeah to, to see them actually acknowledge like oh yeah it's the any type parasite sweet and he can use that to deploy it okay to, to deploy other parasites yeah all right cool like i'm down for this Cole, this is just a gateway drug to you being generally interested in the differences between letters. <laughs> and that cannot stand. <laughs> yep. Oh, you start with the, you start by adding virus at the end of anything. And then yeah. all of a sudden, <laughs> then, two years later, you're sitting here and saying, hey, Gary, have you ever, have you ever considered you that like, that you, like V, it's fucking crazy. Like, and, and <laughs> you like, consider that an X is just two V's like set, set on top of each other. And a W yeah. is two V's right next to each other. All letters is V's, carrot. man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All letters is like V's. A is, uh, a is an upside down V when you think about it. Yeah. But you, but you don't think about it. Very good, Cole. <laughs> as, as you raise a pistol in the back of my head. Well done, Cole. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to a farm with all the letters. <laughs> They're all going to be there, buddy. E I E I O. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> so I like this from a from a lore perspective as well. Yeah. No. No. I, yeah. This is great. Right. Uh, this is super cool. Yeah. Um. Similar similar to the original, you can fight him sometimes. That's fun. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, only worth doing the first two times, but it is fun. It's a nice little like <laughs> ammo check and cha- dodge or dodge challenge. Mm-hmm. Dollage. Uh, that pops up. Yes. Dollage, which is a uh, you know dodge challenge mm-hmm. for Mento yeah. I just came up with. <laughs> yeah. Um see I don't care about the differences between letters. No, no, it's um it's all yeah, one big orgy. hmm Yeah. Um the uh so this is great. The first two times it's really worth it, you get meaningful upgrades. Mm-hmm. And then you just get like um, red, that, red herb. <laughs> yeah, you get ammo and it's kinda yeah. like, well, I, I use that to fight him. Yeah. Um and he, but he, it he is also, a fun challenge. Yeah, he also like ceases to be a, a thing, you know, once once you get past like the middle of the game like once you fight him in, yeah. the, in, the, in the plaza you know yeah he becomes a boss fight like mm-hmm. he becomes the perpetual boss fight and uh, uh becomes cinematic which narratively follows just fine mm-hmm. gameplay wise it loses something here for sure yeah like there are well-designed areas in the second half of this game specifically i think the hospital is a great dungeon yes um I think that the early part of this where he is relentless and you're in the city is probably the strongest part of it. And that's also the case in the original too, you know, yeah. like we, everybody remembers the first part of this. I like the clock tower, but like after the clock tower, when you get to the hospital and, and you know, nobody is like singing the praises of the, of the water treatment facility. Right. I love dead factory. Dude. <laughs> dead factory. Dead, is good. Factory, dead factory. I mean, dead factory is a good dungeon. Don't get me wrong, but people aren't necessarily singing its praises because nemesis isn't coming after you there you know yeah yeah it just kind of becomes a resident evil space yes yeah specifically in the clock tower which is just you know back to that back to that flavor um and like 
you know, I alluded to this earlier, but this is not necessarily as faithful, faithful of a remake as RE2 was. There are not really spaces that are brought over to this, you know, mm -hmm. faithfully. Uh, granted, I don't think that there's any space in the original RE3 that is as beloved as the, you know, RCPD Great Hall and First Floor are in RE2. Um, <laughs> so there's nothing that they could have brought over. Uh, but yeah, this is, you know, they, they cut things away. They expand certain other things. And when I say this is not a faithful remake, that's kind of just a neutral statement. Don't take that as like me damning it. Yeah. 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 Like there are things that are definitive kind of cuts. Yes. Right. So um, originally they had planned to have the uh, branching path system. Mm -hmm. uh, there are early interviews that uh, talk about that and they talked about how they had to cut it. Um, that's a bummer. Yep. I like, like that. I like that. Me too. Um, and then they cut that clock tower dungeon. You know, it's a little Easter egg, the mm -hmm. background for a boss fight instead of a dungeon itself. Mm -hmm. And pacing wise, the game could have used that yeah. right there. Like a rich internal space, you know, maybe 12 or 13 rooms, mm -hmm. you know, nothing too big, but uh, that the game really could have used that. It does feel a little cut. Yes. You know, I don't know if they, you know, I don't think they actually made it and mm -hmm. it literally got cut, Yeah. but uh, it does feel like, there is something missing there. Yeah. And there's something very strange that happens with the pace where, you know, the opening. <laughs> so basically the opening five minutes of this elides the first hour of the original RE3, um, mm -hmm. which is which is nuts. Um, you know, and even though both of these games, you know, the remake and the original are, you know, six hours ish. I think the original, you know, the original is a little bit longer. I think it took me like seven hours to get through this most recent time because I was going around looking for things to compare. Mm -hmm. Um, even though these are similarly lengthed, somebody who is familiar with the original will play this. And after like two hours, two and a half hours, they'll say, ah, geez, fuck, I'm already at the hospital. Like that's yeah. like a little mini dungeon two thirds of the way through the original. So, um, you know, it kind of creates this little like, whoa, where did all that time go? Kind of sentiment in you. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I, uh, I beat this in one set, one sitting. Mm -hmm. Like I just sat down and did it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's not necessarily recommended or anything, but I was surprised when I was like, oh, I'm at the end. Yeah. You know, it does feel quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea here behind not having the branching path behind cutting some of this stuff was to have a more cohesive story. Yeah. Um, and this includes things like the, uh, the grave digger boss, the gigantic worm, mm -hmm. uh, that got cut. There's concept art for it that you can find. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's, and, it's not there. And I can see that it's a little strange to have a non nemesis boss in a game where all of the bosses are nemesis. Yeah. It'd be weird. Like you could have him riding the worm. Um, you know, like that would be cool. But uh, it, it's a uh, you know something that has not happened. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, yeah, so so it goes quick. It does have a more cohesive story though. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways that you know we'll talk about this, we'll get to this, is that I do think that this, uh, in terms of a cinematic game, is like that's a hard nut for me to crack. Um, I don't like. It's something the, you buck uh, against. Um, yeah, it's something I buck against pretty hard. And because I have investment in these characters and these ideas and this world, and because of the general quality of it. Uh, this really works for me mm -hmm. as such like things that I would be annoyed by if I didn't care about the context, yeah. like chase sequences that are scripted and I just have to press one button. Mm -hmm. Those are annoying to me. Like I don't have to be here for this, yeah. uh, but I was okay sitting back and watching a barely interactive movie for a little bit because I care about Jill and I think nemesis is cool. Yes. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, you know, so. You, 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 you can be invested uh, for different reasons. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. You had to shift that that expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the nod towards replay in this is kind of interesting. I like this. So I played this game three times. <laughs> so I did uh, I, I did two runs without really engaging with the uh, challenge or bonus system. And then when I redid it, when I replayed it for the show, um, I did do this. So what happens in the game is you have achievement like challenges and you can look at these in the um, in the in the menu. Uh, and it says, you know, just like, hey, here's what's required of it. Go after it here. When you beat those, you get a special currency that you can use on the main menu to add different items into your item box um, from yeah. things like a uh, little stat token upgrade, you know, uh, stat upgrade tokens like you got in uh, the crocodile hunter RE7 <laughs> DLC <laughs> end mm-hmm. of Zoe. Yeah, there, there we go. Um, or, you know, like the one that I used for this was an infinite ammo pistol, right? Yeah. Uh, just you could, you know, as I was going through the game, I just wanted to hit the story beats and chart exactly what happened so I could make the notes. I invested in that in order to uh, make that a little bit easier for me. End of the game with tons of ammo. Um, you're also, if you play this game regularly, going to end it with tons of ammo. Uh, but it helped. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these are significant, too. Yeah. Um, and and so I did uh, my second playthrough with the uh, damage token. Oh, yeah. Uh, instead of infinite ammo. And it you two headshots kills a zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in it, as opposed to like four or five. Yeah. And you can stack these. You can buy two of them. And they're really interesting trade-offs because you have to keep them in your inventory. So you're basically trading uh, expansion packs or fanny packs mm-hmm. for stat upgrades. Yeah. Uh, in addition, you can sequence break by getting certain optional items early. So one of the uh, things you can buy from the store is just straight up like the bolt cutters, which you need to play the game Yeah. Uh, to get into certain areas. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to hunt for that, you can just start with it and hit the ground running. Yeah, you can get um, the, uh, it, the the shotgun way earlier. Then you otherwise yeah, shotgun. Yeah. Uh, you can get the lock pick mm-hmm. uh, early on. Start with that. Like it's really neat. Like yeah. it's a neat system. Um, there's a unique weapon. It's a, a knife that sets everything on fire uh, that it touches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, the infinite uh, rocket launcher and all the kind of standard replay resident evil items are in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to tie those into points as opposed to uh, difficult achievements. Yes. Because the idea, you know, Typically is like you could always unlock these things way after you'd ever need them. Like I can beat, you know, you, you beat Resident Evil three in two hours without saving and then you get an <laughs> item that makes it so you can never worry again. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, I, am I going to play again? Like I've already accomplished the challenge yes. of this in this one, since you're doing points, it's like, you can do a little bit of, um, Oh, you know, I, I got all these points. I did all of these, uh, you know, these Chivos or what have you. I'm going to buy the infinite rocket launcher when I might be able to you know, want to use it when the game still presents some kind of challenge to me. Um, and no, nothing really presents that much challenge with that kind of weapon, mm-hmm. but you can get like a super weapon when, when it still counts. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a neat system, uh, that adds, mm-hmm. you know, interest to the, uh, to, you know, to, to, to replaying again. Uh, additionally, like it can give you some, uh, leg legs up if you decide to engage with the harder difficulty levels. Something worth yes. noting is that, um, I think, what is it like hardcore and nightmare are the two really difficult ones. Um, they do, um, enemy shuffles at the very least. I believe they do item shuffles as well. Um, it does like um, a little, like a little rearrange mode. I know they do, uh, enemy shuffles and the enemy shuffles are incredibly hostile. Yeah. Like liquors um, everywhere. Yeah. Like liquors where there are not liquors. Um, there are 
you know, and again, a lot of zombies are replaced by those uh, parasite zombies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it does change the item locations and also it restricts your inventory more. Uh, the, uh, the the pickups that you get, the fanny packs that you uh, festoon yourself with are a little bit yeah, more rare. Eventually yeah. become a Rob Liefeld. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, the you know, not the original. Fuck, man. <laughs> All of this I gets know. so complicated to talk about. Kind of like the RE2 remake, assisted mode is actually really, really fun if you just want to explore this space and not necessarily um engage with zombies that will fall over three times before they get back up yeah um, it becomes an action game and not a not a survival game yeah to the point where you, you know start what? with an assault rifle um which normally only carlos gets to use yeah yeah uh so it's fun uh the soundtrack is good mm -hmm. um you know and the game looks amazing yes uh the you know i love what capcom does with these spaces mm -hmm. um i think that the city uh you know part of the reason when i first started playing this and i was surprised at the negative reaction was i was just having such a good time being in this space mm -hmm. it looks really good yeah it's a good looking raccoon city mm -hmm. uh, um, and the soundtrack is great yeah the, the, the soundtrack is um incredibly good uh man like just a little subheader into the visuals here the signage gary <laughs> oh man well we're gonna call it, talk about a lot of that in the episode yeah okay i just wanted to uh, uh i put, hope i wanted to put a little banner here about those banners because uh yeah boy oh boy i mean like, this is a period piece you know like this is uh yeah. you know it takes place in 1998 so you get some well, and, real good signage and like what is more fun <laughs> than like being in a video game and seeing what they have instead of soda uh-huh you know, like that, that, like there's like a, a couple, there's like a Tumblr, like a video game vending machine Tumblr, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like an Instagram um, account or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fun. Like, yeah. I love that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, it allows you to like have, you know, face deep questions within yourself, like whether you're a Safsprin or an Aquacure kind of guy. Oh, Aquacure, Aquacure for life, man. I'm a Safsprin. What? I love that Safsprin. God damn you, Gary. I like changed. how it's barely, it just sounds like a safer aspirin. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never used to play it safe. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, cool. As you get older, you'll become more of a Safran guy. <laughs> Aqua Cure and for also, life. Aqua Cure. I don't know what that does. <laughs> it seems to be made for ladies. So. Yeah, it's, 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 it's made for, for horny men to buy for their ladies. Um, I think it's a sport drink, actually. Uh, Aqua Cure? Uh, maybe. I don't know. They, there is a sports drink in the in the game. I can't remember the name of it right now. Yeah. But yeah. yeah it's it's all pretty fun. And they they mm -hmm. have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. In this game. And just uh, it's I, full of Easter eggs too, like Capcom Easter eggs, mm -hmm. which as a Capcom fan is fun for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like even like uh in, in Jill's apartment, like all the stickers and stuff that she has are like oblique uh Capcom references. Mm -hmm. Just man, you know, like if 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 you have a surface and you can put a fun sign on it, I don't know, put a fun sign on it. Well, it, it's not only does it accomplish like density of interest, but it's also just makes the world feel really real. Mm -hmm. Like we, you know, you walk around, like you ever do one of those things that they, they uh, talk about doing where you like take a walk and you count how many brands you see, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, I walked you know to the store and I saw 170, yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always some number that you're just like, Jesus Christ. And that's before you get into the store. Yeah. You know, it's just everywhere. And it just makes mm -hmm. the world feel realer. Yeah. You know, this is a fun space to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so talking about the visuals, I think that we can talk about the animations and just kind of the, uh, character models and performances, uh, just mm -hmm. like the RE2 remake. These are really good. Uh, Jill's characterization in this, like funny Jill is incredibly good. 
Um, mm-hmm. Nikolai is villainous in a way that is far more broad, but also relatable here than he is when you can barely understand what he's saying in RE3 because, or in Nemesis because of the audio mixing. <laughs> like, and the dialogue sounds real. Yeah. Like, it's like just localized in a way that, you know, it, it ever since RE7, when they started kind of paying more attention to that kind of scripting. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't sound, uh, out of, out of place as much. Yeah. Um, also this makes me like Carlos, like Carlos is really weirdly likable in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't like dislike Carlos before. Oh, he just said, he's such a nothing in the original. Yeah. <laughs> like... And now he's like very likable. It's mm-hmm. semi-romantic, but it's also just this weird mutual respect yeah. kind of thing that, that is fun. Tyrone's real, real good. Oh, Tyrell. Like, yeah. Or Tyrell, rather. Yeah, like, everyone's really likable mm-hmm. who needs to be likable. And that's uh, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not likable because they're, you know, outsized and super quirky. They're just, you know, seem like good people trying their best, like, a lot of the time. Yeah. That's a nice uh, it's a nice thing to be in, in this yeah. kind of bleak environment. Yeah, they, they are all uh, they are all competent and looking out for each other while still mm-hmm. having their own, you know, kind of, uh, kind of interest in the situation. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk about one of the bigger cuts they did. That is a bummer, mm-hmm. uh, because they cut mercenary mode, right? They did something else instead of it, which is really interesting and not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a bunch of games of it today. I did the, um, I did the tutorials for them and I was like, ah, dang, if I had, if I like, if I had four people who I knew had this on PC and could run it and we could get, get a time scheduled and then already I'm being like, whoa. Um, that's that's gaming man yeah that's, that's player gaming it's like it just sounds exhausting but it is so neat sounding mm-hmm. yeah um, resident evil resistance which weirdly was announced first yeah yeah it was announced yeah. first like when it was put on these lists of things that were going to be brought up at that event people are like oh this is going to be re3 they announced re resistance and everybody kind of scratched their heads because well what the hell is this and then when they announced re3 they announced it as the single the single player mode of re resistance mm-hmm. very strange yeah. very strange yeah. um this is uh in the grand scheme of asymmetrical multiplayer games like mm-hmm. your Left's for Dead or your Friday the Thirteenth. Friday is the Thirteenth, please. <laughs> uh, you there are four survivors, um, and you were up against because uh, Umbrella, you see, wanted to get some combat data. Uh, <laughs> it's and really, all they have it's the only thing that gets them up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and the links they go to in this is to kidnap teens plus Jill <laughs> and uh, run them through uh, murder mansions and murder locations they've created, mm-hmm. um, where the uh, four characters have different abilities um but the four masterminds also have specialties yeah and they watch on security cameras and like deploy traps and shit yeah and monsters and things and this is the coolest looking shit i've ever seen (laughs) again for somebody who isn't me so like Like, there are single player ones you can do a run of this as a single player yeah, I, I'm gonna. I saw that about that today. I'm gonna fuck around a little bit. With yeah, it. I've yeah. had like I like Art Left for Dead single mm-hmm. player quite a bit, but I find that a lot of times for these things they not, yeah. they're not fun. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it to also crawl through the environments because one of them is a horror museum. Yeah, fucking a like that's so cool. <laughs> like I, there's no way I'm not doing that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, and it's neat, you know. Like uh, we 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 recorded something else today where we talked a little bit about Resident Evil Outbreak. Uh, but I like those games and the cast of characters that you have with the survivors that all have their own kind of stats and special abilities feels very directly pulled from that in a way that it doesn't feel directly pulled from like Operation Raccoon City or any of those 
other really bad attempts to bring <laughs> to bring re uh to uh to multiplayer right um yeah. and like there's you know weird lore kind of stuff like i don't know the fact that your masterminds include like alex wesker and oswald spencer is really interesting to me mm-hmm. um um yeah. yeah and they they can they each have these special abilities where they can like send in a monster like mm-hmm. annette birkin sends in her husband which you can then control <laughs> yep that's fun like uh-huh. controlling resident evil uh boss sounds super fun yeah um and they each have specialties in a way that like you know i've been watching uh i fell back into a competitive left for dead hole okay of watching it and i love asynchronous asynchronous multiplayer mm-hmm. like i love unbalance yeah uh in games in a general sense and the idea that there's this little element of expressive play to this like mm-hmm. if you play as oswald spencer your moves are all about delay. Yeah. You know, because Oswald Spencer designed the mansion and that's full of puzzles and traps and stuff. Excuse me. It was He's, Trevor who designed the mansion. The, well, he lived yes. in the mansion. Is Oswald mansion. Oswald mansion. Os- <laughs> lived Os- in the mansion. <laughs> lived in the Spencer. Yes. <laughs> in this, uh, but his, his things are all about delay. So he like sets mm-hmm. up force fields and shit. Yeah. Uh, to like trap you in rooms so we can like, you know, toy with you longer and delay yeah. you. And um, like Annette powers up, uh, you know, just kind of the regular rank and file and dead who are out there. Yeah, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting. Um, I'm going to do the single player like playthrough of it again just to check out these environments because I love how Capcom is doing that these days. Yeah, and uh, and check out some lore shit. Um, and you know maybe someday I'll get into the multiplayer enough to to try it. But mm-hmm. that's so many tasks, and I'm so tired. <laughs> I just do the, if it involves a calendar. I don't know. I already do a lot of that. Yeah, can you, can you imagine coordinating games <laughs> with your friends? I do that Ooh. once a week. Yeah, and it's. I had to sleep for six days afterwards. <laughs> so. uh, let's talk about the development here. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, when, when this was announced, people were like, okay, that's weird. Okay. Like that's coming out a year after maybe they really rushed the development. No, actually the game began being developed uh, in 2016, one year after the RE2 remake was approved and before the RE2 remake was even announced. Yeah. So, like, this has been kind of in the oven for a while. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, Some of the personnel mm-hmm. was brought forward with this. A lead programmer from the original, uh, Kuyohiko uh, Sakoda, mm-hmm. uh, as well. And then several people who were involved, including M2, which is the studio founded by the ex-CEO of Platinum. Yes. Yeah, so it was kind of all hands on deck, like RE um, Resistance was developed by another studio and kind of kind of thrown in. Um, I couldn't find an awful lot of, like, kind of interesting development trivia here. The, the, the most interesting thing to me was that the development overlapped, so there couldn't really be a postmortem between one and the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, most of the stuff that they said was, oh, we focused on giving Raccoon City a new look. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, all right. <laughs> Yeah. You, would, you would probably have to that. do that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And successful at that. That yes. element for sure. To mm-hmm. my mind. Um, the, yeah. Um, so as we mentioned before, uh, this game kind of got middling reviews. Um, and then on the YouTube sphere where middling reviews means, uh, how Capcom hates your guts, mm-hmm. you know, Capcom thinks customers are suckers, but we're yeah. gamers. And we Capcom, know better. the new EA, the yeah. new Konami. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, so it's full of that kind of garbage. Uh, 
you know, and for some reasons are justified in terms of, again, like I want to make sure that I'm not bearing the lead here. Like this is like a B game. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is a real fun little roller coaster. Yeah. It is not Resident Evil 2. Uh It's not Resident Evil 7. Yeah. You know, it is a fun little interstitial. uh, The thing I keep seeing a lot that I agree with is that if this was a expansion pack for Resident Evil 2, Mm -hmm. people would have been blown out of the water. Yeah. And like that, that, that's kind of what I wanted to put into the, into the summation or whatever. But I think that there's just a certain failure of expectation setting that happens here. If this was a $40 edition and was marketed as, you know, a sidecar to RE2, um and they sold re resistance separately for twenty dollars people would have bought both and felt good about doing it even though they spent the same amount of money yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i think that you know just the, the the question nowadays of what constitutes a full game you know kind of brings out uh just kind of a really combative you know a, a, com- a combative stripe in people understandably because you know people's personal resources are limited you know yeah yeah. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. It's it's raised a lot of interesting questions. Yeah. Um about this. For, you know, for my perspective, if they did one of these like if they just did this a year, mm-hmm. like I would eventually get disappointed, but I would play each one and probably have a good time. Yes. Um you know, they they are there are hints in this um both of uh our uh, Code Veronica remake and a Resident Evil 4 remake. Mm-hmm. We've hence found out that uh Resident Evil 8 Codename Village uh, is going to draw from Resident Evil 4, right? Am I getting my my rumors correct? Okay, so so the you are confusing two rumors. So okay. uh, Resident Evil Eight Village, um, that is going to continue the RE Seven um, timeline, gotcha. uh, and it's going and they're to, doing a Resident Evil Four remake. Yes, it has mostly been confirmed that M Two is working on an RE Four remake. Uh, due to particular leaks uh, that happened shortly after RE3 came out. Basically, like, yeah. I think like a week after we recorded that What If episode, talking about how cool a Code Veronica remake would be. So. Fuckers. I know, right? They screwed Just, us again. They, 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 went, they went the wrong direction. <laughs> Getting rat fucked by Capcom. I'm going to big YouTube. Jeff. Yep, I'm going to go to um, YouTube. And I'm going to... Uh, all that stuff we said about trusting Capcom, out the window. This is yeah. not their new renaissance. Fuck these guys. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird that Resident Evil 8, the village one, because that clearly takes aesthetics from like the teaser images and stuff from yeah. RE4. Mm-hmm. And then also doing an RE4 remake. Also, as somebody, I just wrapped up an RE4 replay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll repeat what we said in that teaser episode or that uh, preview episode, yeah. uh, conjecture episode, is that Resident Evil 4 doesn't need a remake. That game no, is no. Fucking perfect. Um, <laughs> like. the, uh, it, it, I'll play it because I want like I like being in holy spaces. Mm-hmm. And these, you know, the first four Resident Evil games, these are all holy spaces to me yes um you know but i uh you know i'm less interested in that than almost anything else they could do here's my litmus test here's how here's how i will know whether or not the re4 um remake is going to succeed or fail there needs to be an egg in the oven but leon cannot comment on it mm. it can't be egg like in the, in... what what are they doing oh, yeah. why did they put an egg in the oven you know yeah. like when, when, when you're escaping that one house and there's an egg in the oven <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of the oven that the zombie escapes from. No, and they just like, and I, I was confused because you're like, there has to be an egg there, and Leon can't talk about it, and it's getting very specific. <laughs> like, I'm talking like, about a very specific oven and a very specific egg. It's just well, a I know. weird. I was just thinking of the most prominent oven in Resident Evil Four. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, 
the um a game of notable ovens the notable <laughs> oven tag on imdb yeah the the, the 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 egg the oven and the presence or lack of comment from leon is going to be my brown m&m it's going to be incredibly tough for them to catch that tone yeah uh, in this new kind of like mcufi like let's take these <sighs> silly things seriously i don't i don't games. know I, I, I kind of wonder if they put in the toy uncle head just to prepare us for Salazar bot. I don't know. Yeah, oh, maybe like, cause this, there is some silliness to this, but yeah. the characters are all like, man, the way that resident evil for like how Leon gets, mm-hmm. it's not just the silliness of the gigantic Salazar bot. No, it's, no, it's, it's, you know, your small time. <laughs> Yo, Leon, like, it, yeah, it, yeah. Him and Sadler's, uh, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, back and I mean, is that, that is amazing. so essential to it. And I don't see how specifically RE2 makes, um, Leon can become that. It'd be really weird. Yeah. Like it would happen gradually. It'd be like a, a frog in a pot of boiling water, like as the <laughs> game goes on. Yeah. And then Resident Evil Code Veronica make, would it be all fucking, I mean, which makes sense because the Ashfords are silly as hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, just pure silliness, <laughs> you know? Um, Uwu, Becky, Rebecca Chambers, and Resident Evil Zero remake would be <laughs> full on yan yan, <laughs> and uh, and and make me want to die. Yeah. Um. So so that's the end of our our generalities mm-hmm. uh, portion of this episode. We're gonna get into it. Um. If you're hearing this right now, uh, you are on the free feed. Thank you for listening. Yeah. If you would like to hear the entire episode, you can join us at Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, mm-hmm. $5 a month gets you this episode and every one of these premium episodes we've done. Mm-hmm. And if you pledge and then stop, it's okay with us. Yes. Uh, so we know take, money's tight. Take a look at the offerings. We designed it for you to do just that. So. Mm-hmm.